podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Across the Pond MLB Podcast. We had a wild week of baseball this past week as two teams on the outside looking in for the playoffs had huge sweeps to change their playoff chances. Three teams in one division went 8-2 and two in their last 10, and none of them were the first place team before that stretch, and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. Across the Pond MLB Podcast, part of the Across the Pond Sports Network. Don't forget to check us out on social media and on our website, atpsports.net. Now over to your host of Across the Pond MLB Podcast, Tyler Small. Hello and welcome back to Across the Pond Sports Podcast MLB show. I'm your host, Tyler Small, and boy, what a weekend it was. We're going to have a nice little short episode to recap it all and talk about what happened. It's just me again. We'll have some guests on coming up soon. But with how much happened this past week and how much changed for the outlook of October, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk through. So enough of me just rambling here. Let's get into what actually happened. Let's go around the diamond. We start off with the Philadelphia Phillies who went 8-2 in their last 10, including 8 in a row and a huge sweep over the weekend of the Mets. They're one of those two teams from the cold open I talked about. Odubel Herrera led the ways. He went 364 with two doubles, two homers, and five RBIs. Reese Hoskins, a 357 average, three extra base hits, five ribbies. Gene Segura, 318 with two doubles, two homers, both leadoff jacks. Bryce Harper, 304 average, two doubles, four home runs. He's getting some MVP run. And Zach Wheeler, complete game shutout, two hits for 11 Ks. First Phillies pitcher to sit down 22 consecutive batters since Doc did in his perfect game. We'll get into more about that later. Gibson goes six innings, pitch one and run the go-ahead RBI single offensively, and Ian Kennedy two for two on saves. Right underneath them, the Braves take second place as they go seven and three in their last ten. They get it done with a sweep of the Cardinals and two and three from the Nats. Freddie Freeman hits 400 with a homer and four RBIs. Dansby Swanson a 400 batting average, three doubles, two RBIs. Austin Riley 308 with two extra base hits and five RBIs. Jorge Soler had three jacks since being traded over. Max Fried, two starts, one and run over 12 innings pitched, 12 strikeouts. And Charlie Morton won six innings pitched, shutout. The New York Mets dropped to third place after they go 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Only two players hit over 300, both played three games or less. Rich Hill, strong in his debut, five innings pitched without an earned run. Aaron Loop, 4-4 four four in scoreless appearances. And Pete Alonzo, a rough week, but also a rough presser that's getting a lot of heat afterwards. We'll get into that as well. The Washington Nationals go 3-7 in their last 10. Ryan Zimmerman, a 5.56 average with three doubles and four ribbies. Hernandez with 3.33 batting average. Carter Keeboom, 3.08 with a double, two homers, and six ribbies. Escobar, 300 batting average, two doubles. And Machado, four scoreless appearances out of the pen. And then lastly, the Miami Marlins, 3-7 in their last 10. Brinson, a 4.14 average with four doubles, two homers, 11 RBIs in 10 games. Rojas, 346 average, three extra base hits, one of each. Alfaro, 316 average, three doubles. Joe Panic, a 308 average. Garrett, five innings pitched, all scoreless. So then we move over to the Brewers, six and four in their last 10, but they were one catch away from potentially winning the series against the Giants. Instead, they lost two of three. 
Escobar goes 387 with five extra base hits and six RBIs. Adamas 333 with three homers and two ribbies. Urias 313 with a double and a homer. Telez 304 batting average with two extra base hits. Corbin Burns seven innings pitched, one earned, five strikeouts. Woodruff six innings pitched, one earned. And Williams two for two and saved zero earned runs in four games. But right behind him, the Cincinnati Reds getting some room now in the NL wild card. 7-3 in the last 10, a four-game sweep of Pittsburgh, keeping pace with the Padres. Winker, a 391 batting average, four doubles, two homers, eight RBIs, a 1.374 OPS. Mike Moustak is back. That's a huge return for them. 375, three doubles in three games. Akiyama, a 529 OBP. Jonathan India looking for the rookie of the year. Three homers, six RBIs, a 1. OPS. Gutierrez, six innings pitch, one earned run. Wade Miley, seven innings pitch, shutout. He has a 5.7 war on the season, second behind Zach Wheeler in the National League. He just doesn't get talked about enough. St. Louis Cardinals still in third. They're four and six over their last 10. O'Neill, a 5.26 average with 7.14 OBP in five games. Dylan Carlson, a 3.33 with two doubles and a homer. Nolan Arenado, two homers. And Cabrera and McFarland, four scoreless appearances in the pen. The Cubs go 2-8 over the last 10. They're really plummeting, but that's exactly what they want to do. Vargas goes 385 batting average. Ortega, 379. Swindle, a 969 OPS with two doubles and a homer. Duffy, a 370 batting average. And Mills, two earned run and 8.2 combined appearances. The Pirates, 3-7 over the last 10. Alfaro, a 364 average, two doubles. Ben Gamble, a 333 batting average. Hoijin Park, 968 OPS and three extra base hits, including his first big league homer. Brault, three earned runs over nine innings pitched in two games. And Underwood Jr., one earned run in six innings pitched, three games. Then we go out west to the San Francisco Giants to start, still in first place, four games ahead of the Dodgers of the recording of this, seven and three in their last ten. Two big comeback games against the Brewers, and they're the first team to 70 freaking wins. Buster Posey at 388. Batting average, 6 RBIs, a 1.1 OPS. Kurt Casale, a 3.75 batting average, 2 extra base hits. Belt, 4 home runs in the Brewer Series, 7 RBIs. Solano hit 300 over the span. Gossman went 5 innings pitched, 1 earned run, 8 strikeouts. Sanchez, 1 earned run, 5 innings pitched, 1 start, and 1 in relief. And Littel, 1 for 1 in saves, McGee, 1 for 2. The Dodgers right behind him by four games, six and four over ten games. Betts before hitting the IL, 375 batting average, two homers, and he had some incredible plays at second base, not even his main position. AJ Pollock, a 364 batting average, three extra base hits, six RBIs. Of course, Seeger, 333 with three extra base hits. Trey Turner, 308 batting average. Bellinger, 300 and two home run game. Hopefully he heats up. Walker Bueller looking for his side young run. Two starts, two combined earned runs, and 13 Ks over the span. Scherzer, two earned runs and two starts. Impressive debut. 16 combined Ks between the two starts. David Price, two earned runs and five and a third. We go now to the Padres, six and four in the last ten. Win key series against the A's and Diamondbacks. Nola with a 625 batting average, three doubles. Trent Grisham of 476 with four extra base hits, two homers, eight RBIs. Adam Frazier, 435 batting average. Hosmer, 320 with a double and two ribbies. Musgrove, two earned runs in 12 innings pitched, two starts, 13 strikeouts. Hugh Darvish, seven innings pitched, two earned runs. And Snell, one earned run in two starts. The Colorado Rockies continue to play some great baseball at home, seven and three in their last 10. CJ Crone hit 500 with four homers and 16 ribbies. Rogers, a 429 batting average, four doubles. Trevor Story, 423 with four doubles, two homers. Johnny Diaz, a 421 batting average, two doubles, two homers. 
Pillar to 391 with three doubles, three homers, seven RBIs. Connor Joe, 353 with three homers. Freeland McMahon, three doubles and a home run. And Daza, all above 300 as well. They just break top to bottom. And then to the bottom, we go with the Arizona Diamondbacks, three and seven. Nick Ahmed with a 313 batting average with six doubles, six RBI. Starling Marte, excuse me, Cattell Marte, 296 with three doubles. And Madison Bumgarner, two starts, three earned runs, 14 innings pitched. Let's flip it over to the American League now. We have a switch up in the American League East. Eight and two over the last band. It was the Tampa Bay Rays, the best record now in the American League. Benny Margot, 409 batting average, a double. Kevin Kiermaier, 333 with a triple. Mike Zanino, 294, two doubles and a homer. Sheriff, one and run in three appearances, one of them for a save. And head four to four in scoreless appearances. The Red Sox fall to second place after going two and eight over their last 10. They're on a rough slide. Bowicki went 500 with a double and three RBIs. Alex Verdugo, 409 batting average, three doubles, a homer. Duran, the 333 batting average, one homer. Martinez, 320 with two doubles, a homer, five ribbies. Erod, two and run and two starts, 10 and a third innings pitched. And the pitchers just got shelled. They had 26 ranked ERA in the last 10 games for everyone in baseball. The New York Yankees have another hot week. They're another team that goes 8 and 2 in this division. They took 3 or 4 from the Mariners in a clutch wildcard battle, just losing the fourth before getting the four game sweep. Wade, 8.33 in five games with a double. Glaber Torres, 4.17 with four doubles, five RBIs. Brett Gardner, 3.75 with four ribbies. Gary Sanchez, 3.75 with a double. Stanton, 3.24, a double and a homer. Luis Heal got a surprise start as a couple of their players, including Garrett Cole, hit the IL for COVID. He goes 11 innings pitch shutout in two separate starts. Jameson Tyone winds up being the pitcher of the month after having a rough start. He has two earned runs in his two starts as well. Then the third team in this division to go 8-2, it wasn't the Orioles, it was the Toronto Blue Jays. They take a key 3 out of 4 from the Boston Red Sox, which helped out pretty much everyone else in this division. Hernandez, 438 with a double, a homer, and 10 RBIs. Valera, 381 with a double and 3 ribbies. Alejandro Kirk, a 364 batting average, 2 doubles. George Springer, a 1 dot OPS with 4 doubles, a triple, 3 homers, RBIs, 11. Marcus Simeon, a 306 with six doubles, a homer, three RBIs. Simber, five scoreless appearances, one save. Ross Stripling, two scoreless starts, and four hits and six strikeouts, excuse me. And Jose Barrios, six innings pitched, one earned run in his debut. Then the Baltimore Orioles, three and seven. Ryan Mountcastle, a 583 batting average, two doubles, two homers, five RBIs. Anthony Santander, 417 with three homers. Austin Hayes, a 323. Pedro Severino, 313 with a double, a homer, and two ribbies. Cedric Mullins, a 310, three homers, and a one dot OPS. And Wines had two doubles. Then out to the Central, the White Sox finished a 7 and 3 run. Vaughn hit 368, two homers, and five RBIs to lead them in average. Tim Anderson, a 333 with a double, three homers, seven RBIs. Jose Abreu, 314 with a double, four homers, six RBIs. Jimenez, 300 with four double, four home runs, and 11 RBIs. Tapera, five scoreless appearances. Bummer with four. Dylan Cease, three and runs and two starts and 11 innings pitched. Lance Lynn looking for the American League Cy Young. He's got six innings pitched, one earned run. And right behind him for one of the finalists, Rodon, five innings pitched, shutout. We go to the Cleveland Indians that are now in second. They have a 5-5 five five week. Rosario leads the way, 400 batting average, two doubles, one triple, five RBIs. Miles Straw, 316 with two doubles. 
Bradley a 313 with two doubles, three RBIs. Clement the 304 batting average, two doubles. Classe three for three in save opportunities, four scoreless appearances overall. Shaw with five scoreless appearances. The Tigers continue to play some good ball, five and five over their last ten. Jonathan Scope before they extend him goes 379 with three doubles and a homer. Grossman of 368 with a double and a homer. Funkhauser, four scoreless appearances. Tyler Alexander, 5.1 scoreless start. And Soto, two for two in saves. Then we go to the Royals, three and seven over their last 10. O'Hearn led the way with a 364 batting average, a triple and a homer. Alberto, 333 with four ribbies. Taylor, 308 with two doubles and a home run. Perez, 304, three homers, six RBIs. Hernandez, two earned runs and 11 and two thirds innings pitched and two starts. In the bottom of the barrel, the Twins go 5-5 five five over the span, except they take two out of three from the Houston Astros. Luis Arias, 500 batting average, two doubles, two RBIs. Polanco, a double, four homers, and nine RBIs. Everyone else below 300 batting average, 600 OPS. So not necessarily what you'd see from the team that took two from what I consider the best team in the American League, but Colin goes five scoreless appearances. Pineda, six innings pitch, one earned run. And they didn't play great, but... The Astros did not play much better, 4-6, and six, and they lose the record for best in the American League in terms of win-losses, but I think it's just an off week for them. They'll be right back. McCormick hit 375 with three doubles, a homer, and three ribbies. Alvarez at 333 with a double, three homers, seven RBIs. Jones, 313 with two doubles and a homer. Garcia, six innings pitch shutout with eight strikeouts. Stanek, one for one in saves. Then come the Athletics, who have a hot week as well. They go 8-2. and two. Newly acquired Starling Marte, two doubles, two homers, six RBIs. Olsen, 391 with three doubles. Harrison, 318 with a double and a home run. Chafin and Trevino, two wins, one for one in saves. Bassett, seven innings pitched, one earned run. Irvin, seven innings pitched, two earned runs. And Loriano gets tagged for an 80-game suspension. That just makes the Marte move look a whole lot more productive. The Mariners go four and six. As including that three out of four loss to the Yankees. Ty France, 364, two doubles, a homer, four RBIs. JP Crawford, 360 with an 829 OPS. Haniger, 281 batting average, one triple, one home run. Kellenic, two home runs. Kikuchi, two starts, one earned run, and 11 strikeouts combined. And Gonzalez, 6.2, shutty. Los Angeles Angels, 5 and 5. Mayfield, 969 OPS, three homers. Everyone else on the team hit below an 811 OPS. Iglesias, three for three in saves. He's been incredible this year. Dylan Bundy, a 6.1 shutout. And Otani, six innings pitched, one earned run. Then, last but not least, the Texas Rangers, three and seven over their span. Hernandez, a 294 batting average, two doubles. Garcia, two home runs. Whole impressive pitching performance where he threw the lowest recorded strike in the not just the Statcast era but the history of keeping track live in a game of the speed which is just incredible and Dunning five innings pitched one earned run so what a week it was here in the major leagues not even sure where to begin so I guess I'll just go to the top of the order that we saw, and for the first time since this podcast has begun, the Philadelphia Phillies leading the way at the top. They go 8-2, and two, but it was all thanks to that sweep of the New York Mets alongside you know, winning eight straight. That will obviously help when the Mets are on as much of a slide as they are. They fall all the way from first to third in the matter of a week. 
And this Phillies team, it seems like that trade could have been the final acquisition. You know, getting not only a starter in Kyle Gibson, who was, as I've mentioned time and time again, because he doesn't really get the recognition that he deserves being out there in Texas, which is one of the worst teams of baseball this year. Kyle Gibson had the best ERA in the American League going into the All-Star break. If it wasn't for Shohei Otani being such an unbelievable specimen of something we haven't seen since the Babe Ruth era, he would have started, and he would have had a lot of people recognize who he is. He goes to Philly, and now he can get into the heart of one of the most fun divisions to watch right now. And even though it's turned into a three-team race, it's going to be a fun three teams because the Braves stay in it as well. The Atlanta Braves go 7-3. and three. They get up to second place. They've proved that this stopgap that they put in the outfield with guys like Jack Peterson and Jorge Soler and others, Adam Duvall, is just obviously it's just a one-year rental. All three are going to be gone next year. There's no way they're going to extend them, but they're just still trying to win. They realize it's a long window that they have with some of the guys around there. Freeman is turning it around to start a MVPS caliber season to show that 2020 wasn't a fluke. Dansby Swanson starting to swing it again. Austin Riley. Austin Riley was the biggest question mark that you could say about this team going into the season if they were going to have that higher caliber third baseman that you know most elite teams need obviously as the third base has become such a glorified unbelievable position now so they have all this production coming around Jorge Soler starts to turn it around for them as well Max Fried is turning to this the ace that they need him to ever since losing so much depth and just all sorts of it and they're going to be getting healthy soon obviously Acuna's out for the year but you know a who a couple months into the season, pitcher that could also hit a little bit, he was leading the team in war for a certain point before he unfortunately got hurt punching punching a helmet, I believe, or something like that because he broke his hand. But they are getting healthy at the right time, and the Mets, on the other hand, unfortunately not. 2-8, and eight, they slide. Everyone's continuing to struggle, including Pete Alonso hitting below a buck 40 in the past 10 games. He had a press conference where... He basically, you know, he's such a happy-go-lucky guy, and you feel for him because he really is such a great character, and he should be one of the more beloved players in this game. But the stuff he said just wouldn't fly in New York. He's just talking about staying with us, being happy, watching the games, enjoying the team and the product on the field. And that, that just doesn't fly here in New York City, as anyone is aware, for both the Yankees and the Mets, especially for this Mets team that, Year in, year out, this is supposed to be it. This is supposed to be the difference so that the Mets wouldn't be the Mets and just fall off at the end of the year, get some unfortunate injuries and unfortunate luck or unfortunate management from the top going down. And unfortunately, it's looking like it could be a very similar thing despite it becoming the Steve Cohen era and them spending a little bit of money this offseason. So that was it there. The Brewers on the other end, not much to talk about in the NL East. The Brewers go 6-4. and four. The only thing that really came from that, I kind of mentioned it in there, they were one out away, an error in the outfield with two outs in the ninth before the Giants came back in Game 2 and then came back again in Game 3 to wind up winning the series. And that just shows what this Giants team is all about. They are just so poised, so controlled. Their preseason ranking had them an over-under of 79 wins. They're already surpassed 70, and there's 60 games left to go. That is a lock to go over. And they deserve all the credit because they have been able to fight throughout it. But this Brewers team, that would have been a fun series for them to win, obviously. But both of them really don't have much to worry about. They 
we kind of have it solidified at the top. Brewers are going to be taking in the NL, in the AL. It's going to be the White Sox. The only thing we got to look out for are these pesky Cincinnati Reds. They get Mike Moustakis back. Now, he was, listen, he's there for the same amount of time and the same price of the contract is Castillo. Excuse me, Castellanos. And that may sound crazy to some because Castellanos was an all-star this year. He is mashing the balls he has, and he's pretty much been a big factor since that unreal run he had in his final year in Detroit before he got shipped over to the Cubs. But he's been really mashing the ball winker alongside him. But Mike Moustakis is as reliable of a bat as it gets. And you see it as soon as he returns, comes back to fruition. A 375 batting average, three doubles in just three games. So he can obviously swing the stick. And he's going to be a huge factor for them as it goes down the stretch. But they've also been left with a little bit of surprising factor in Jonathan India. He was a high high prospect, high draft pick, obviously. He was a first rounder for him. You've been listening to Across the Pond MLB podcast. Please follow, rate, and review our podcast and check out atpsports.net to see the guests we have coming up and keep checking back to listen to our latest episodes. They could not have expected the production that they have gotten out of him. So that's been a special story to look out for, but the Reds looking to push on the third best team in the NL West and not make it three teams that make it to the playoffs essentially out of this division, the San Diego Padres, who got to put a little bit more pressure on the gas pedal. looks like the division is going to be out of reach for them, but they still have a chance to get hot at the right time. And then there's a team that nobody really wants to see in a seven-game playoff set, especially in a one-game playoff set. If you look at some of the pitching that they could put together, hopefully they will be able to get production out of this guy in particular, you Darvish. Seven innings pitched, two earned runs over the past 10 games he just got one start of course but he is somebody that they have to see this production from ever since because he's going to be their number one guy he's going to be their guy they throw out in the wild card game and they don't know what they're going to get from guys like Blake Snell he can pitch a couple quality innings and when he puts it together he puts it together in a big way but he doesn't have a lot of length you're hoping to at most get six innings pitched out of him and that's just because of unfortunately where he comes from the Tampa Bay Rays organization that is notoriously known for not necessarily stretching out their pitching and letting them learn while they get thrown out there. So you can utilize him for a nice stopgap sort of thing and must grow for your third guy, which is a solid top three, obviously. But following that, it's just going to be who can deliver when. And the number one question we obviously all wonder is where will Fernando Tatis be? Will he be able to be obviously playing for one because he does have a pretty solid injury that could have easily ended his season for surgery for anyone that doesn't know he's put on the il because yet again his shoulder just keeps popping out of socket and for anyone that's had the injury or knows someone that does it's a very easy motion that could just simply get it out of the muscle socket because the muscle is so weak because of just dislocating it once he unfortunately had that happen to him earlier in his career, and now it's obviously going to need a surgery to push it off. So we'll see, because one of the more impressive things that he has done this year and still putting up MVP-esque numbers, because if he comes back, he's probably going to win it, is he completely changed his swing. He went from a one-handed swing approach to two, so he would have a little bit more control and a little bit less rotation in the shoulders, and he was still able to mash. So just impressive stuff there out of him. But who is he going to come back as? And now that they have... A little bit of extra help there. Frazier playing a good quality shortstop. And they have Cronenworth over at second base. They might throw Tatis in the outfield, which would be 
not necessarily an upgrade because of the outs above average that Tatis has, but he still hasn't really polished himself as a day-in, day-out shortstop. Everyone knows all the flashy plays he can make, but he leads the league in errors at the position. So we will see what the situation is for that. He is an athletic specimen, and he would really succeed anywhere. So throwing him in a corner outfield position, at least for the end of the season, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if it means a playoff push for them. But they just got to hope that they can at least breach the playoffs, and they're going to hope that it's not as the second wild card, even though it's looking that way as day by day the NL West becomes a two-team race. The Giants continue to hold it down. As I mentioned, the best record in baseball, the first team to 70 wins. The Dodgers right behind, and they just one loss more in their last 10. And the biggest catalyst that they have coming up, because now Max, excuse me, Muncie's still out there. Justin Turner is hurt, and now Mookie Betts is hurt, even though he was playing some really quality baseball. Both of them were, of course, but they just have continuously had the injury bugs come together and really have hurt their mojo to go on a run like they had at the start of the season where they went 13-2 and two over their first 15. So with all that happening, the one player that has been in relatively healthy throughout the span is Cody Bellinger. And Cody Bellinger has kind of been a shell of himself. He's hitting under the Mendoza line. He really doesn't have the tools that he is used to. And it just, he had a little bit of a tweak to his batting stance and particularly his batting approach where he's a little bit more, he always had a very relaxed approach in the box, but now he's standing very, up and down, straight up, and just more of a relaxed approach to ease the hands into it and get a little bit more pop, but it's come at the sacrifice of him just getting blown inside by fastballs and unable to catch up, and that's kind of been his Achilles heel for the season. So if he can figure it out, which he has that two-home run game, it's 300 over the span, he is a microwave where if he figures it out, he could go on quite a heater, and it would be very interesting to see because that would be potentially the final piece that they need to catch this Giants team, but how can you when just everything continues to move? If somebody takes a back step, it's other players stepping up, and they have five guys hitting over 300 over the span. Their pitching is still doing well. Kevin Gossman has lost a little bit of his Cy Young credit. However, he is still shoving, of course, as he goes five innings, pitched eight strikeouts. Let me look over to the American League. This is the most fun division of the week, I will say, as it completely altered the Red Sox go on just as rough of a stretch. It was actually even worse than the Mets. However, they didn't fall as far, thankfully, because of the gap that they allotted themselves at the beginning. However, it wasn't enough for this Tampa Bay Rays team to just do it yet again. Nobody seems to expect them, despite it being a year-in, year-out solution, because they're just getting production from everywhere where they need it because of their incredible managerial staff. They go in to take the best record, not only in the division, but in the American League. Red Sox is second. The Yankees in third. They get a lot of protection in a fun way, not only from the Italians, Gallo and Rizzo coming over, but also a lot of AAA prospects that they you can't even really call them prospects because they were kind of just fill-in guys. They've had to work with the gauntlet of COVID ILs that just continue to grow. It started with a couple of guys, and then Gary Sanchez was added. Anthony Rizzo was added. But as soon as that happens, Luke Voigt comes back. He starts playing some good ball. He wasn't on the list, but he still had a good series. Luis Heal deserves a lot of credit. He has some special stuff, it looks like. And he was just incredible, both in his first start, and then he comes back out on the road and does it yet again. An impressive two starts for him, 11 innings pitch shutout over the two. Jameson Tyone going from 
what looked like a head scratcher case that it would have just been trying to figure it out for the rest of the season. And thankfully they have him next year to pitcher of the month. He looks like he will guaranteed if this team makes the playoffs and have a three team, three pitcher rotation, I should say going for him. I mean, Tyone has to be in it. It, it. You can't say anything else because he has just been shoving over the last month and over the last 10 games, two earned runs and two starts. So just guys like that, Riding's another one who has been really strong out of their bullpen. Just somebody in AAA finally getting their chance and proving that they have a little bit deeper of a farm system than most thought and that most will give them credit for. And then the fourth place team, the Blue Jays, go 8-2 and two as well as they take 3 or 4 from Boston and kind of are one of the bigger catalysts to the other teams getting the success that they want. The Tampa Bay Rays should really be thanking them. And they just do it in another way that they've done it all season. They just continue to rake. They've gotten a lot better pitching production, of course, stripling one of those guys. Barrios is looking to add to them, and I think he absolutely will. But, I mean, Hernandez, Valera, Kirk, your top three batters, and they're not the more likely names. Of course, George Springer coming right in behind, and he is showing how worth every penny he is. He is really a special specimen. He hasn't been there this season. He can basically be a trade piece acquisition, even though he's on this roster, because he didn't play much at the beginning of the season, but he is that much of a difference maker, and he could play an above-average center field. Watch out for this Blue Jays team. They're another team that you don't want to see. But if we're talking about teams that you don't want to see, the next two, the White Sox and the Astros, obviously still running the pack in the Central and the West. Not much has changed. The only little push that we have seen from anyone really is this athletics team. They go 8-2 and two in their last 10, one of five teams, all of significance, that do it over the stretch. And it was thanks to Starling Marte. Ramon Laureano is denying the acquisitions, of course, but he gets banned for 80 games due to performance-enhancing drugs coming up in a blood test. And Starling Marte was going to be, at the beginning, two fun guys to look in center field, whether they were going to platoon them or if they were going to have them split between left and center. But then you'd have to talk to guys like Mark Canna and stuff like that. So instead, it's going to be Marte's spot now. He's going to take over, and that move looks like a huge deal now. So we will see what comes from that in this athletics team. Matt Olson sneaky putting up some MVP-esque numbers as he continues to rise, and he's put the team on his back. I mean, it's usually... Him and Chapman doing it at the corners, but Chapman's had a very off year, very under the radar. Some of the benefits that come from playing in Oakland, of course, but he would be huge for them. And Harrison, the same way, 318 batting average, a double and a homer over the stretch. He is just such a high intensity guy, fun guy. He is just great to be around, always good energy. And coming alongside that is a pretty good stick of times and a quality utility piece that you could put in anywhere because he is so gifted athletically it's it's a fun formula and their pitching has been great as well Chafin and Trevino Trevino gets two wins out of the bullpen alongside a save alongside Chafin who picks up a save and Chris Bassett Swerve and Irvin just doing it on all ends it's going to be a fun little stretch but that is going to wrap it up for us here today just wanted to quickly Hop on the mic here and give a little bit of a synopsis. I'll probably be back sooner rather than later to talk more and have a guest on so we could talk a little bit in depth and get into some of those nitty-gritty conversations that come with it when you start chucking it with a couple guys or girls. So thank you guys and girls for listening to me today. You can always find us on social media at Across the Pond Sports. For Tyler Small and everyone else here at ATP, I want to thank you for listening and hope you have a great rest of your week. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.